Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Ryan Repka, driver of the number 14 Reynolds Racing Chassis Late Model. You're listening to Thursday Night Thunder on Speedway Digest Radio Network. Hello and welcome to the June 15th edition of Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder, episode 111 of the series. I'm your host, Adam Jason Sinclair, and on tonight's program, Michael Mullally and myself will review this past weekend of racing and chat about whatever other exciting news of the world of modern motorsports pops into the conversation. How are you doing this evening? Not too bad. How about yourself? Doing okay. Hopefully the uh, the little technical gremlins stay away this week. I know the weather is still pretty iffy here. It is Florida in the summertime we got the nice afternoon thunderstorms have started over the past few weeks, so hopefully it's not too bad. Should be okay. Yeah, is so it how'd... raining there right now? No, it's it's just really, really, really gray and big clouds and all sorts of fun stuff. A little bit of thunder in the distance. Pretty close, but not yet. So how do you feel about the Danica Patrick issue they had last week with her being booed by all the all the people when she wouldn't sign autographs on the way to the car? Well, I think people, to be honest, are kind of getting tired of her. It's funny because mm-hmm. I was actually just watching a YouTube video about her, like, literally like 10 minutes ago. And it's from two years ago, and she was nice, interacted with the crowd. I mean, it was IndyCar, though. So mm-hmm. I don't know where her attitude changed and where she decided to start being a jerk, but I think people are just tired of her attitude. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, that she she sort of fits into the mold of a lot of the NASCAR drivers, though a lot of them don't seem don't seem to care that there's actual people sitting there to watch, paying money to watch them go around the track. Because I've been to been to a couple races recently. I've had the opportunity to be in the in the garage area, and you can see the the drivers just kind of disappear. They're there in the car, then the next second they're gone. They're back in their back in their trailer, or hiding away from the fans. And I think a lot of them would would be just as happy if they went around the track and there was absolutely nobody in the grandstands, and all they'd do is just get in and out of the car. Yeah, it's true. It does seem like a lot of the drivers, not just her, but a lot of them, tend to have kind of a bad attitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that the one of the things that was interesting about that was the fact that Dale Earnhardt Jr. came out and said that the he always tries to stop for the people who are asking for his autograph because when you when nobody stops and asks for your autograph, that's pretty much the end of your career. So. Yeah. Well, what was that that Jeff Gordon said a while back when they're Oh, I can't remember, but more or less what Dale Earnhardt Jr. said. And it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure even people in the in the tracks that you compete at, where they, they probably go after, and they're happy to get their autographs asked for. So they know where they're coming from, and they know what, what the importance of that is. And I think she's just kind of forgotten that. Yeah. Well, and it's kind of nice. Like, I mean, the people that can't race, it's like another way for them to kind of get more into it without having to be on the track. So, I don't know. I just think she's had a bad attitude for quite a while. But, like I said, a lot of them have bad attitudes. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, it's kind of interesting how that goes sometimes. Um, but I, I don't know if there's any really any answer to it because it seems like, it seems like NASCAR has its has a quite a few problems now. They've got the the fact that if you, if you watch any of the races recently, the grandstands, if they're a quarter full, there's a lot of people there, um, and it doesn't seem like their their ratings are doing that well because you're not seeing them on the news as much. You're not hearing about it on other things that that normally don't cover racing, and uh, when people forget that's on, it's it's pretty much a bad thing for the sport too. Yeah, it'd be interesting to talk to our our guest this evening, BJ McLeod, who's in who competes in the NASCAR Xfinity Series as well as other races, and see how he feels about that. I don't uh, I don't know his his opinion on that, but I know he is an up and coming driver. You're seeing his name all over the all over the press now, and uh, hopefully it's a good thing. I know that the uh, the guy who we had to introduce the show tonight, Ryan Repco, he's about to start a an ARCA race this weekend, so we wish him good luck in that. Um, but it's it's kind of an interesting a uh, a changing time in the world of motorsports where where the uh, I don't think that anybody's really sure what the future holds and it's it's going to be a difficult time for some drivers and it'll be great for others. Um, I know today in in Le Mans the uh, Panos introduced their new electric hybrid prototype car, so some people think that might be the future. I think we we've done a few shows in the past highlighting the Formula E series, which is also a, a possibility that, that could be that could take off. Um, even in the Formula E series they have the autonomous racing now, which they're they're trying to get into, which is which is a little a little different too. Um, a little bit of an idea of the future and what people think people are actually looking for. So it'll be cool to see what happens. Um, I don't really have any crystal balls to determine what that is. Actually, I think that in some cases the it's the grassroots racing that might end up being a little bit a little bit better. Um, things like the uh, a uh, possibly some of the NHRA stuffs doing pretty well, but things like the the dirt tracks and those sort of things they could have a, a resurgence depending on on how the the next few years go in in professional auto racing. Yeah. It'll be be something to see anyway. So what's next on your racing agenda? Well, um, we're going to go watch a race this weekend in Mm -hmm. Wenatchee. And then after we're done with Thursday Night Thunder, I'm actually going to go to town, to one of the shops in town, where we're going to attempt to get a car ready so I can race in Firmiston next weekend with their, I don't really know what they call them up there, but kind of like their mini stocks too. But so those are the next two racing events, hopefully. One where we're just going to spectate and the other one where we might actually get to participate. So that'll be nice because it's been kind of a boring couple months so far with, a lot of the tracks closing, so it'll be nice to still get some form of racing in my life. Mm-hmm. I'm actually trying to trying to figure out what racing we're going to go to next year. Um, we aren't. We probably aren't going to go to the 
the Rolex 24 Daytona simply because the weather for the past few years there has just been disgusting. It's been, it's been cold. And when it's not cold, it's raining. And when it's not raining, it's cold. So it's not, uh, not really your sort of cold, but it's definitely a Florida cold. Uh, this year there was actually freezing rain in the middle of the night, and that's not a, uh, not a fun thing for, for the, a person who's used to the 50s being cold. And it was, it was like 30-something there. It was, it was too cold. Anyway, so what I'm thinking is possibly going to uh, the same area, but going to a race at Volusia Speedway which is the, the dirt track there where they have the World of Outlaws. Might do that in February. Hopefully it's a little couple of degrees warmer a few weeks later in the year. You never know. But if it isn't, then, then at least they'll bring a jacket, and it's a smaller track. It's a lot closer to the car and all that. So I'm thinking that, and I'm also thinking possibly going to Daytona and seeing the ARCA race because that's that same weekend. So that might be interesting, something a little different. Um, I don't think I have any other races I'm planning on going and seeing this year. The local track, the Palm Beach International, they're having issues. Uh, they're rebuilding the track, and they've they've added some new stuff for the driving club, but they haven't really maintained the uh, the drag strip. They've done some modifications to it, but it hasn't hasn't raced very much, basically because of the weather, but also because I think the management is a little different now. So I don't know if there's going to be anything good there. Might end up doing something there at the end of the year, going and seeing the the uh, Citrus Nationals, which is around Thanksgiving. But you never know. So. It's been an interesting year in racing down here. Uh, weather hasn't been great, but other than that, it's been pretty good. So, And the summer's a little too hot for most of the races in this area. That's how it goes. Well, sounds eventful. Mm-hmm, hopefully. Let's go ahead and introduce this week's guest. As I stated a moment ago, this week's guest is B.J. McLeod. B.J. McLeod may have been young, but he knew at an early age that racing was his passion. McLeod began ATB racing at the age of three and quickly moved to go-karts by age five, making an unprecedented mark at the regional, state, and national levels with over 300 wins and 18 championships. At the tender age of 13, he began his stock car career. In August of 1997, McLeod won his first SLM race at Orlando Speed World, making him the youngest driver in the nation to accomplish this feat. McLeod also became the youngest driver to qualify and compete in an ASA-sanctioned race. He has over 100 super late model wins from age 13 to 26 and several championships all over the Southeast. Climbing the racing ladder was the ultimate goal for McLeod, and NASCAR was his destination. In 2010, McLeod made his inaugural NASCAR Camping World Truck Series debut, finishing impressive 17th given the competition. Since then, he has continued to have a presence in the series, while also climbing the NASCAR ranks to include the Xfinity Series and reach the sports pinnacle level with the Sprint Cup Series start at New Hampshire last year, in 2015. Behind the scenes, McLeod also was instrumental in the making of the 2013 documentary Ray and Motorsports on Velocity. This season, McLeod has concentrated on his empire, BJ McLeod Motorsports, a successful two-car operation in the Xfinity Series. McLeod drives the number 78 Ford, while a variety of drivers make their NASCAR mainstay in the number 15 Ford. Off the track, McLeod graduated with honors in 2000 at the age of 16 from Highlands County Christian School. His hobbies include MMA, the National Football League, weightlifting, training, ATV riding, water sports, snowboarding, and of course, motorsports. We've got a couple of minutes until BJ is scheduled to call in, so let's go ahead and listen to one of the selections from 
Ron Pistana and the Pit Crew. Let's see. I had one picked out here a second ago. Let's go ahead and listen to Race Day Rock.
Hey everybody, this is Tristan Nunez, driver of the 7-0 Skyactiv Mazda prototype, and you're listening to Thursday Night Thunder on the Speedway Digest Radio Network. Welcome back to the Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder. We're standing by for B.J. McLeod to call in this evening. Hopefully he doesn't have any issues, but we're standing by anyway. While we're standing by, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the, uh, the racing that's happening this upcoming weekend. They've got the uh, practice for Le Mans started today. So that's where a lot of the IMSA people are going to be heading out to. Uh, they'll be there in France uh, for the racing. Uh, there are a couple IMSA teams that are competing there, uh, notably the the Ford team of, what is it, Chip Ganassi Racing. I think they have a five-car effort there this year. It might even be six. Um, they also have the Corvettes that are going to be there. The the uh, Taylor brothers will be driving in the Corvettes again this year. So. Plus, they have a, a bunch of international teams, some of them that have competed here in this country before. The SMP Racing Team, which is the, the basically the Russian national team, they're going to be there this year. They were at, at the uh, Rolex 24 Daytona a couple of years ago. That was pretty awesome to see them. Um, the main driver who you've recognized from there is Mikhail Alishin, who's going to be competing in the SMP Racing at Le Mans this year. He also competes in IndyCar on a weekly basis. So... I know that that's going to be broadcast on Fox Sports, so be sure to check that out. There's also a bunch of NASCAR racing going on this weekend. Um, I'm not entirely sure where NASCAR is this weekend, but I do know they're going to be competing in two different tracks. They've got the Cup Series at one place, and I think the I think the Xfinity is going to be at another. So be sure to check that out. Did you watch any of the uh, NHRA event last weekend? That was pretty good. I think by the time, I want to say by the time the NASCAR race was over, I was able to watch, like, maybe two passes, but I didn't really catch that much of it. But I heard it was pretty good. Yeah, I saw I saw actually most of the race was pretty good there. The uh, Eric Andrew Stevens, she won in, in pro stock again. Uh, that's also a, uh, that's a pretty neat thing. They had the... Uh, uh, Courtney Force made it to the final round. She didn't. She didn't win there, but she had the the really insanely explosive uh, right past the previous day, where her car basically just totally gave way, and the uh, all that was left was the the little bit of the front end where it's attached to the chassis, which isn't really the way those those funny cars are supposed to blow up. It's supposed to hold the entire car, the entire body on there, not just the little teeny bit that that the straps are attached to. But that's that was a uh, probably quite a ride for her there. Um, so it looked like an interesting thing. They also had the uh, the issue with Alexis Dejoria, who was really excited to be back in her car after a, a few months off. And she used some words you're not supposed to say on on national television to describe her emotions about the car. And had to they didn't get them bleeped out fast enough, and they had to apologize for her language. That was that was kind of fun to do. <laughs> that does sound pretty funny. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what her deal was, but apparently she had to take some time off for family issues. They didn't get into that, um, so you never know. But she uh, she's definitely passionate about her racing, and it uh, got a little extra exuberant over the weekend there. So. Maybe it was the tequila talking. That's probably it. Yeah. 
have the free tequila flowing in the in the pit area, and those sort of things happen. <laughs> that should be a uh, another good weekend of racing. I don't know. I think that the that the NHRA has a uh, a thing at Thunder Valley this weekend. Having a bunch of releases about that. I'm not sure if it's this. I'm pretty sure it is this weekend because they did send out an email the other day about that. So that should be good. Um, that is also on Fox Sports. So be sure to check your listings about that. I know this past weekend they had some some timing issues with that. Uh, the fact that the the NASCAR race ran a little bit late, so they changed the uh, the way they they put the race together there. But it it came together pretty well. They actually covered some of the sportsman cars, and it was pretty cool. So people who don't necessarily get their time on on national TV got a little bit of extra time this past weekend. What about um? What do you think of Jimmy Johnson's wreck? I actually only saw a little bit of that. I didn't see. I just saw the highlights. I didn't see the actual, actual race. So, because I was I was busy out of town this weekend. I saw. I started watching it on Monday, and then by the time we left, it was it was only about halfway done. So, it looked like it was a pretty good race, though. Yeah. It was all right. I think there was only like maybe I want to say there was only like maybe three cautions throughout the whole thing. Mhm. Well, Pocono is a is generally a fairly clean race. Just the way the the cars are, the way the tracks laid out, it it makes it a, a better handling thing. The the tracks fairly smooth, especially after they repaved it. So it should be. It's generally a a fairly clean race. Um, I know the race on Saturday, which I did I did actually watch on Monday afternoon. Uh, that was the Xfinity race. That was pretty good. Um, where uh, BJ McLeod seemed to be hanging out sort of in the middle of the pack for that one. Um, but the, that was kind of neat because they had all the all the NASCAR Cup drivers do the the analysis for that, and that was a little bit different. Um, I think that the talking about Danica Patrick a little bit more. I think she actually did the best job with the uh, with the thing there. But all of her stuff was just basically introducing the the show as it comes back from commercial and and talking about sponsors and all that. Um, Denny Hamlin was kind of neat in that. Uh, Kevin Harvick was okay, but he seemed like he had the, he basically had Adam Alexander talking in his shoulder the whole time. So I think that that's, that's how he did it. Um, Boyer was, Boyer was funny, but he wasn't, wasn't the best. And, and Logano just seemed like he, he didn't really know what to say. He was sort of like that scene from, uh, Tell Degan Knights where he wasn't sure what to do with his hands type thing. He didn't didn't know what to say and it was funny. So But it was pretty good. It was a I think it was a good weekend of racing. I think this weekend it'll probably be a little bit better, um with the uh with the twenty four hours of the mall. I do like sports car racing a little bit better than NASCAR, so so it should be should be interesting. Uh again, they've got all sorts of stuff on, on Facebook and that showing the testing and some of the some of the runs they did today on there. So if you want to keep in track on that. Um also they've got on Fox Sports. I think that it's gonna be on split between Fox Sports one and Fox Sports two. Sort of the same sort of way they've done the Rolex twenty four Daytona for the past few years. So I don't think there's any online stuff for this one though. I think actually the entire thing will be on on television, either on on Fox Sports One, Fox Sports Two, they might even have a little bit on Fox itself during the uh, during the weekend. But that's always a little insane. The weather there is uh, it's 
plays havoc with it. Sometimes it's really warm. Sometimes it's cold. Um, the people are are crazy, and it's on it's on the city streets too. So it uh, it makes for a for quite the race, and it's not quite as as well lit as some of the as a lot of the tracks in this country. So it should be fun. It'll be interesting to see how it goes. The the Delaras are amazing looking there. Um, that would be my choice for the for the winning team for the prototypes anyway. And I think that uh, I'm not sure which engine manufacturer will do the best there. Um, I am kind of leaning for the uh, SMP Power Sports because I think their car looks really awesome. Uh, the red, white, and blue colors with the, the big eagle on the front. That's kind of neat looking. And Russia has an awesome uh, sports car program with the, the long storied history. So I just hope that they, they're able to work things out a little bit better between the United States and the Russian Federation so they can actually bring more of the racing from that country over to here because uh, it, uh, it would definitely help out having more cars competing here than what we have now. Uh, and competition is always a good thing, especially in, in sports car racing. So you said you're going to be heading out to a race in Hermiston. What's the big race there? Honest, I can't really remember what all is going to be racing out there. But I believe that night they have the super late models and the street box, I think. But I think the big selling point out there this weekend or next weekend will be the super late models because of how the track is and you have to race it just right. So I think that will be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That should be your next big thing, get into a, a super late model car. <laughs> I wish. Um, I've actually, we've actually talked about it because my friend has, my friend has like three of them. And mm-hmm. anyways, we've kind of tossed the idea back and forth. But the only thing about that is, I mean, as much as I would love to, and I think it would be great, I don't know if I'd want to wreck somebody else's car, so I'll probably just have to save up and buy my own. If you had the opportunity, what sort of car would you be racing right now? If I had the opportunity right now, like right this second, I would hand down have either a winged or a non-winged car, or maybe even one of those open modified. But okay. I mean I would I would pretty much probably drive anything right now, but those would definitely be the two I would choose from. Okay. Let's see. Apparently B J McLeod is waiting for our call, so let's go ahead and give him a call and see what he's up to this evening. Stand by one second.
sure this is the right number. And there we go. Hello, BJ. This is Adam Sinclair with Thursday Night Thunder, and you're on the air now. How are you doing this evening? Good. How are you doing? Pretty good. First off, how was your race at Pocono this past weekend? Uh, Pocono is always fun, man. It uh, It's an awesome track. I love it. You'd think that I'm not very good on road courses, so you wouldn't think I'd be uh, excited to go to Pocono because, in a way, it's you know at three different corners and kind of like a road course, but... I uh, I love the front stretch there. You know, we get we probably get just under 200 mile an hour with Xfinity cars, and you know you got to get through turn one, and it's just a lot of fun. So I love that track. We had a uh, really good qualifying lane. Um, ended up starting 23rd, which for our team, you know, we we shoot to qualify 25th to 30th every week. We know what budget we're on and what we're capable of, and. We got 23rd without shifting and uh, started out. And I was a little bit slow to get going on the first run, first segment, and uh, picked up second segment. We ended up finishing 26th. So a uh, pretty solid weekend for us. What was your most memorable moment of the weekend? Uh, I don't know. I'd say probably just qualifying. I like, uh, I'm more of a single lap qualifying kind of guy. I'm not a fan of group qualifying at all. And, any tracks we get to do that, it's it's a lot of fun. So I um, I definitely would say that qualifying was the most fun. We were just talking about briefly that the Pocono event was the first one to feature NASCAR Cup drivers in the announcer's booth as well as in the pits. Have you ever considered doing something like that? I definitely wouldn't say no to it. Never really thought about it. But, we, uh, you know, I, I think the, the fans at home enjoyed it. We... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I actually haven't watched the broadcast yet, but I would assume that it would be it would be fun. So uh, <laughs> I uh, I just haven't I haven't ever thought about it. We talked about in the introduction that you began your racing career at a very young age. Do you think this has helped you in your NASCAR pursuits as well as the rest of your racing career? I can't have hurt. I'm definitely uh, doing something since before you can remember. Probably makes you better at it. So. <laughs> I uh definitely happy that that's the route that, you know, I ended up taking and ultimately my parents are the only reason that I am where I am because like I said, I literally was racing before I can remember. I was two and a half years old on a gas powered four wheeler at uh <laughs> Arbondale dirt track in Orlando dirt track and I don't remember it at all. So without <laughs> them I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now. But we um you know, it's definitely was I would say better starting that young but then you have a kid like, you know, I'm not real good friends with him or nothing, but William Byron, I think, is one of the, you know, best up-and-coming drivers there are. And he, you know, didn't start racing, as I understand it, until he was like 15. So, hmm. you know, it's I think I think you can do it either way, but I definitely enjoy the way that it happened for me because I love racing, and I'm just glad to know that I've spent 30 years of my 33 on this earth racing. It makes me happy. So. And what's your ultimate racing goal? Uh, I guess I just try to be better each week. Um, you know, we had a goal of being in super late models when I was in go-karts, a goal of being in NASCAR, you know, after super late models. And I'm here doing that. And obviously I'd love to win and love to be successful, but this sport 
is so difficult and it's so, you know, money dependent that it takes a lot to be a winner. And you have to be successful not only as a driver, but as, a, you know, you got to be good with marketing partners and bringing people to the table and getting them ROIs. And it's just, a, it's a big business and I enjoy business. So that's why I am, I'm trying to be good at it. So we're going to work hard and I'm going to dig as much as I can and try to get as good as I can be. And, you know, each week just try to make improvements. So I'd say that's my goal, just to be better each week. Well, let me throw you out to my co-host, Michael Mullally. has a couple of questions for you as well. So you have quite a few hobbies. How do you make time for them all? I actually, I love racing and I love working out. And, you know, I'd say that's about the the two main ones that I do all the time. Other stuff that I like, riding four-wheelers, uh, you know, I go snowboarding every now and then, which I absolutely suck at. Um, it's just, you know, it, those are more of a when-I-have-time kind of deal. But, you know, I work out six days a week, and that's my other passion. And definitely nowhere near racing, but it, uh, it's definitely something that I can't live without. I'm definitely addicted to it. So my wife's actually a uh, figure competitor, and we do that stuff together, and it makes it fun because – it's just a, you know, it's a whole other lifestyle. So that's my thing, and I'm, you know, I'm proud to be different than than average average race NASCAR driver. I'm six six one, two forty, and you know, in, in fairly decent shape. So I enjoy that side of it, you know, because most most NASCAR drivers for speed are one seventy or under because it does it helps. You know, I actually hurt my team because I'm twenty pounds too heavy for the allowance that they get on a. Um, weight break for you know the size of the driver but i like being my size and i like being different so we um you know i enjoy doing that stuff <laughs> what is the hardest part about having a career in motorsports i don't think there is a hard part <laughs> i i couldn't imagine doing anything else i'm just thankful that i get to do what i do so uh i'd say there's not one for me but you know it's just like anything else in life there's always uh some kind of you know, there's always some way you could look at something bad, but we just don't choose to do that. We look at what we like and just work hard and move forward and keep digging. And who have you most looked up to on your journey to becoming a professional race car driver? That's a hard question to answer because there's so there's so many people driver wise, crew wise, um you know, the people in the garage that you don't ever see on TV. Like, there's there's just so many people I've looked up to that, you know, I've been in a NASCAR garage since 2006. And I know that's really not that long, but it's still, there's owners that I look up to, there's drivers that I look up to, there's general managers I look up to, there's, you know, undercar mechanics that I respect. That there's just everybody. You know, I look up to everyone that's here that's doing what they're doing because, the sport is no joke. It is unbelievably difficult, unbelievably competitive, and really, really, you have to be dedicated at every part of every job. So I, um, I don't have any one person that I've looked up to. It's just a bunch of every, every different position. I just, you know, respect everybody. And if given the chance, do you think that you would ever be interested in owning your own racetrack? And owning my own what? I'm sorry? Your own racetrack. My own racetrack. I actually don't think I would. 
I would rather just go and hang out and sit in the grandstands and have fun. If if I was even going to do that, I'd be honest with you, I'm not really a race fan. So I uh, if I'm not driving or um, working on working on something, I'm just not interested in being there. So I uh, I definitely would have to pass on all in my own track. And my final question for you this evening is if you could give advice to someone trying to get a start in the racing world, what would your advice be? Uh, it's pretty simple. Um, whether it's the racing world or football or basketball or you want to be a manager of a department store or, you know, a doctor or whatever, you have to decide what you want and stick with it and don't quit until you die. And if you do that, you got a good shot of making it. If you find reasons in between start and finish of, well, this is too hard, or I don't want that no more, or you change your mind, or you aren't truly passionate about what you do, you're going to keep bouncing. So find find a home that you want and make it happen. Well, we'd like to thank you very much for coming on the show this evening and wish you lots of luck in the next your next racing adventure. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you. Have a nice evening. Once again, that was B.J. McLeod, who's racing in the Xfinity Series, as well as other races, whatever one pops up in the future. Are you a race car driver, crew chief, pit member, track owner, or maybe you're just a huge fan of the sport? Contact either Michael Manali or myself to get your spot on the show. After all, you deserve your 15 minutes of fame, and we'd love to hear from you. Did you know while driving upside down would be extremely disorienting to the man behind the wheel? and the car's engine and components are not currently designed to operate upside down, all an F1 car would need to do to drive upside down is to generate a downforce equal to or greater than its own weight. And did you know that there's a race that actually encourages drivers to stop at Brewpub? Long before Erica Ender Stevens was born, another Texas woman in 1972 received approval to, in the classroom to perform pro stock. Despite the fact that Shay Nichols was the first in this division, she never once came out of the winner of the knockout rounds. Did you know the IMSA's top class prototype is made up of a combination of Daytona prototypes that dominated Grand Am and the Lampu 2 Series that dotted the American Le Mans Series grids in the year before the two series merged in 2014? These are the fastest sports cars in North America. And did you know Milka Duno became the first Venezuelan athlete to be inducted into the Latin American International Sports Hall of Fame at their 35th anniversary induction ceremony in January 2010. I actually got to uh, got to talk to Milka Dino a few times. She was pretty cool, and she's definitely a uh, unlike Danica Patrick, who has the one win in the in competition in IndyCar at the Twin Rin Rotegi a few years ago. Uh, Milka Dino has more than a handful of wins, both in the United States and IMSA, as well as in her hometown, her home country there in Venezuela. So, But she just never got quite the opportunity to succeed where Danica has been handed pretty much everything. That's an entirely different story altogether. <laughs> Be sure to check out past episodes of Thursday Night Thunder, as well as the other shows on the Speedway Digest Radio Network at speedwaydigestradionetwork.com. You can also check out the show on Facebook by searching for Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder in the search bar. I also invite you to read the articles covering all aspects of motorsports at SpeedwayDigest.com. We haven't really had a lot of opportunity to put up a lot of articles there recently in the racing news section, but I'm sure that I'll have a, a chance in the next couple of days. I've got some that are uh, that are really pending to come out. Uh, 
some information about the the Bosch uh, contingency plan there in NASCAR and all the money they've given out in the past month. Uh, that's one of the ones that I definitely have to fill out in the next few days. And also some that are previewing, previewing Le Mans, so be sure to check that out. In addition, if you're a fan of South Florida, and who isn't, be sure to check out the latest news and information about our slice of paradise at Palm Beach Happening, which can be found by visiting palmbeach.happeningmag.com. I've got some amazing stuff coming up there. Uh, I'm actually going to be giving a speech next week about the uh, about Palm Beach Happening to a to the Gold Coast Public Relations Firm. Uh, it's a group of, I believe, there are at least 40 different individuals there representing PR companies from all over the state. So that should be interesting, and I'll be covering that on Palm Beach Happening Probably on Wednesday, I'll put I'll put the full text of the speech I'm going to be giving there on on that day. So be sure to check that out. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to seeing you again next week in the Thunderdome as we discuss the major issues in the world of modern auto racing. Have a nice evening, and thanks again.